Welcome to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. Whether you're a backyard gardener, a market gardener, or a small-scale farmer just starting out or a seasoned grower, this show is for you. Join us as we share tips and tricks, tactics and hacks, growing food for yourself, your family, and your community, as well as sharing stories here from the field and other growers and farmers making a difference in their local food webs. My name is Cody, and I will be your host, so let's get growing. All right, now have you been dreaming of creating your very own garden oasis, but don't know where to start? Well, you're in luck. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how to design your first garden and draw out a plan that will help you bring your vision to life. Welcome back to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast. It is episode three, season two, and our first episode in our season all about planning your first garden. I know that we've got a handful of listeners and subscribers over on YouTube who are planning out their very first garden this year. So I thought this would be a great place to take the concept from the video we did over there and be able to dive deep over here on the podcast. All right, so let's jump into it. It is the middle of March and things are starting to heat up here. We just had a great big snowstorm three days ago, so uh, (laughs) not actually outside yet, but it is gonna heat up this week. Now, whether you're a seasoned green thumb or a gardening newbie, designing a garden can be a daunting task, but fear not. In this episode, we're going to share some tips and tricks for drawing out your garden plan and creating a space that you are absolutely going to love. Now, there's nothing quite like the feeling of stepping out into a garden that you've designed and seeing your vision actually come to life. I know for me personally, our first season, that was almost overwhelming. It was phenomenal. Um, So it's, you only get to do that once, you know what I mean? So in this episode, we are going to show you how to do just that from sketching out your plan to choosing the right plants. And we're going to cover all the basics of designing your very first garden. Now, gardening can be a very fun and rewarding experience and drawing out your garden design is an essential first step in the planning process. I know it's one step that I actually look forward to, um, even though I've done this for years now. It's an exercise I still go through every season um, or every winter, actually, to, uh, you know, see what I want to change, see what I want to do different, see what I want to add, maybe take away. So drawing out your garden design is an essential step in planning the process. Now, in this episode, we're going to show you how to draw out your garden and make the process a little bit more manageable, which will in turn make it a little bit more enjoyable, hopefully. The first thing we really want to talk about is the importance of drawing out your garden design. Um, Because it's a very, very important first step for beginners especially. Because this is going to help you be able to visualize your garden and make better decisions. Now, when you draw out your garden design, you can get a better sense of how the garden will look, how the plants will grow, how much space you have, and how everything's going to fit together. Now, this is going to help you make important decisions, such as where to place the plants, different features you put in the garden, how big of pathways you want, and then how to group everything together. Now there's definitely different tools and resources that you can use to draw out your garden design, um, you know, such as graph paper or gardening planning apps. There's several to choose from. Using graph paper can actually be helpful, even though I do use some some online stuff um, that we'll get into. I actually still like to draw it out with pen and paper and a ruler. Um, it's just something I've done for a long, long time, and I actually enjoy that that little activity every year. You know, using graph paper can be really helpful because it allows you to draw it to scale and get an actual better sense of the proportions of your garden and what you can actually fit in there. So gardening planning apps, like I said, can also be very, very useful. You know, a lot of times they'll have 
they'll have different features such as plant databases and 3D rendering, uh, which can help you get a better sense, of course, as to what your garden's gonna look like. So now I'm not gonna jump right into any specific apps right now because I'm actually testing out a couple different ones um, to report back on later. I've got a little project going there. So we do wanna talk about the basics of garden design. Now choosing the right location for your garden is key. And you're really gonna to wanna to consider things like sunlight and drainage, and choose a location that has good soil and easy access to water. Deciding on the type of garden you wanna create, such as a vegetable garden, flower garden, herb garden, can also be super helpful. I'm really a fan of all three. <laughs> so it's uh, companion planting and, and incorporating all three of those is um, a win-win-win situation. We're not going to get into that right now, but when planning your garden beds, it is important to make sure they're accessible and easy to maintain. We're going to want to consider the height of the plants and the space they're going to need to grow and then plan accordingly. Choosing the right plants for your garden is also important based on factors such as their height, color, blooming season, more importantly, what you're going to use them for. <laughs> um, you want to make sure to consider how well the plants are going to grow together and try to avoid overcrowding. However, done right, I'm a big believer in um, high density planting. So that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode. But that is one thing you do want to consider. You don't want to overcrowd them. They do need their room to grow. Now, adding features such as garden paths, trellises, even garden art, some bird baths, some bird houses can definitely enhance the beauty and functionality of your garden. And these features can also help break up the space and create some visual interest within the garden. Now here's a few tips and tricks for drawing out your garden design. Measuring your garden space and drawing it to scale is essential to ensure accuracy. This can help you visualize how everything is going to fit together and can help you make important decisions. It's also important to consider the sun and the wind patterns in your garden space. This is key. So you can plan your plants placement effectively. And grouping plants together based on their growing requirements can also make maintenance a lot easier. Now creating paths that are at least, I like to go 18 inches apart. That's wide enough for me to get my wheelbarrow down um, with my 30 inch beds. You may want to go 48 inch beds and 24 inch paths. The whole point is you just want to make paths wide enough to make it easy for you to access all parts of your garden. You know, adding a focal point such as a statue or the bird bath can definitely enhance the beauty of your garden and, and create a sense of interest. Now let's talk about dealing with some garden pests and diseases. Um, because this is one thing that as new gardeners, and I was guilty of it as well, you think about it, but you don't really think about it, or you really don't understand what the consequences might actually be. And that is dealing with garden pests and diseases. So gardening comes with a share of challenges, no doubt. And dealing with pests and diseases is definitely one of them. So in this section, we're gonna discuss some common garden pests and diseases and how to deal with them. Because once you know how to deal with them, it's definitely not as scary when they arise. Or, you may be able to prevent them altogether. So we're also gonna cover some preventative measures that you can take to reduce the likelihood of the pest and disease outbreak in your garden altogether. Now identifying common garden pests and diseases such as aphids, caterpillars, and powdery mildew, Colorado potato beetles, will definitely help you catch them before they get out of control if they do pop up in your garden. 
Now there are a handful of different methods for dealing with garden pests and diseases, such as using organic pesticides, pruning affected plants, and practicing good hygiene in your garden, and preventative measures to reduce the likelihood of pest and disease outbreaks, such as rotating your crops, cleaning garden tools regularly, and keeping your garden weed free if possible. Doing all of those things will definitely reduce your risk of having outbreaks of pests or disease. And there's a handful of other strategies we will definitely cover down the road. Now another thing new gardeners don't really consider is maintaining your garden year-round. Right? Once you've designed and created your garden, the work doesn't stop there. In this section, we're going to discuss some essential maintenance tasks uh, that you're going to need to perform to keep your garden healthy and productive year-round. Now watering your plants is obviously essential to ensuring they receive the right amount of water depending on your plant's needs. So you're going to want to plan for some sort of irrigation, whether that be a hose, sprinkler system, a watering can, praying for rain, something, right? You're definitely going to want to think about watering your plants um, to make sure that they get the right amount of water. So the second one is fertilizing your plants to provide them with the necessary nutrients to grow and thrive. And all the different family groups are a little bit different as far as what they need and when they need it. Um, I'm a big believer in, of course, only using organic fertilizers, which most of them are, are slow release. It takes time. So I will put the majority of what my plants need in the beds when I'm prepping them preseason. So there are also different feeding schedules you can do as well, um, depending on the veggie or the plant you're growing if it is a heavy feeder. So knowing the crops you're growing and their specific needs will help you to be able to fertilize and feed the plants um, to provide them what they need so they can thrive and grow and, and you can maximize their production. Now the next maintenance tip is going to be to, be, to prune your plants to encourage growth and maintain their shape. Um, a big one that comes to mind with this is our tomato plants. You can just let them go crazy and they will be crazy. But you can get a lot more uniform production, a lot easier harvest by doing some, some maintenance pruning on them. And that goes for a handful of your other crops as well. The other maintenance issue you want to think about is cleaning and maintaining your garden tools to ensure they stay in good working order. A lot of times they may get left outside um, and get rained on. And over the course of time, they're obviously going to get dull if it's your weeding hose. And so you want to maintain those um, on a fairly regular basis. Um, it does not hurt to uh, make sure they're cleaned off when you're done with them. Give them a good sharpening at least once a season, if not once a month, depending on, on what you got going on. And if you do that, they should stay in pretty good shape for you. And then the last thing you really want to think about when it comes to maintaining your garden, um, especially up here in the north, is preparing your garden for the winter months. You know, such as covering it with mulch or covering plants and removing dead foliage potentially heating greenhouses if you're trying to grow all winter long or just covering your beds and putting them to rest for the winter. But those are all maintenance items you want to think about really and utilize year-round. There's different, um, there's definitely different things you can find to do almost year-round out there depending on where you live. Now the next thing I want to talk about is garden design for small spaces because because obviously not everybody grows on the same amount of space. Some may grow in a backyard, some may grow on a balcony, some may grow on a quarter acre, some may grow on 10 acres. So not everybody has access to a large garden and I don't want that to deter them from growing a little bit of food for themselves and maybe even their neighbor, right? So just because you don't have access to a large garden space, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy gardening. 
and in this section we're going to discuss how to design a garden in a small spaces such as balconies, patios, and windowsills. So whether you live in an apartment or have a small backyard, these tips will help you create a beautiful and productive garden. Now when designing a garden in a small space, it is essential to make the most of the available area. Now vertical gardening is an excellent option for small spaces and can be done by using hanging baskets, wall planters, and trellises. You guys know I use vertical gardening all over our garden and it can be utilized in the same manner in your small space. Now this not only saves space, but this also adds interest to your garden. Now choosing the right plants is crucial when designing a garden in small spaces. Try to opt for plants that are compact, such as herbs, lettuces, cherry tomatoes. These plants not only look great together, but they're also easy to grow in containers and, well, can be contained in a small area. Now when planting your garden, consider the use of color and texture to add some interest. Now when I grow cherry tomatoes, I'll grow two or three different varieties, all with different color, um, which definitely adds depth and character to the garden. The same thing in my lettuce beds, um, same thing with my beans, almost the same thing with every crop that I grow. I'll grow at least two different varieties um, to mix up the colors and the textures and the variety of what we're eating. Diversification has a lot of benefits in the garden. So you really want to try to mix different plants with different leaf textures. Heck, man, I grow four different types of lettuces and they all have a different texture. You know, use bright, vibrant colors and it'll definitely create an eye-catching display. Designing a garden in a small space may seem challenging, but with a little creativity and planning, it's definitely possible to create a beautiful and productive garden. By using vertical gardening techniques, choosing the right plants and incorporating some color and texture, you can turn even the smallest space into a lush, vibrant garden. Now another thing I want to talk about when it comes to planting your first garden, and it's one thing that I really don't hear a lot of people talking about, and that is budgeting for your garden design. You know, creating a garden can be a fun and fulfilling experience, but it can also be expensive, especially if you're not planning it out, and it all just kind of hits you like, wow, I just created a $10,000 garden. You know, not possible, right? So, so in this section, we're going to discuss how to budget for your garden design and create a beautiful space without breaking the bank. That's, that's key here. Now, first, it is essential to determine kind of how much money you're even willing to spend on your garden design. Um, and once you have that budget in mind, you can start planning your garden accordingly. You know, keep in mind that the cost of plants, materials, tools can quickly add up. Trust me, I know. Uh, so it's important to be realistic about what you can afford and you know what you ultimately want to do with your garden. Um, what is the purpose? Are you are you simply just learning to grow to just to grow for yourself to have a few extra veggies? Do you already know how to grow and you're you're putting together a market garden and you need to invest in infrastructure? Those are two totally different scenarios. <laughs> so you definitely want to keep this in context when when you know if you're planning out your first your first real garden. So to save money, I would, you know, definitely consider starting small and gradually expanding your garden over time. You can also obviously look for deals on plants and materials. Um, I've found that buying in bulk or purchasing end of season and clearance items can definitely save you a ton of money. You know, I get 90% of my seeds from True Leaf Market. And the reason I do that is because I can buy them in bulk. Um, which I can obviously get a better deal. Same thing with Johnny's. The more I buy from Johnny's Seeds for all my Salanova salad mix, the, the better the price gets. It's still, 
it's still not cheap but the better the price gets being able to buy it in bulk so I would definitely definitely consider that um, for for everything that you need if you're gonna grow of any substantial size at all um, see if you can buy in bulk you should get a little bit better deal you know another thing is too is starting your seeds depending on how crazy you get you should be definitely be able to save some money starting your seeds rather than buying starts um, now again this takes planning because you could get carried away and spend way more on materials to start plants and to up pop plants and all of that depending on how many plants you're growing um, than just buying a handful of plants so depending on what you're doing that is you know I know for myself if I was to buy all of the plants that we put out in the garden it would cost me way more to buy the plants already started so I start all of mine from seed so there's there's a lot of ways to um, to save money so so don't let money be a deterrent from starting your garden because um, you might be surprised you know seeds can add up but after your first year or two you can also start saving seeds from the plants you're growing which can definitely cut down on costs you can start you can start making your own compost over the course of time which will definitely save you some cost and fertilizers so there's different things you can do so depending obviously on your context um, context is everything you know I know I'm I know that we reach people all over the world so somebody's situation in Australia is definitely going to be different than my situation here in Michigan heck people's situation down in Tennessee is different than my situation here in Michigan you know so it's everything's you need to take it in context and um, adjust it to your specific situation but I definitely am always looking to save money when it comes to the garden or at least be as efficient as possible I also believe in investing in my farm and investing in my garden but I do it on the things that will give me the most ROI typically or the things that I have to have that I cannot produce by myself you know another idea is to use repurpose items you already have such as old containers um, as as planters and whatnot so it, you know use what you've got you, know, you don't have to go out and buy a brand new irrigation system for your garden you can use you can definitely run hoses and, and run a sprinkler or even go out with a watering can so there's there's always more than one way to get the job done depending on the situation when choosing plants opt for those that are low maintenance and long-lasting to avoid having to replace them frequently you know native plants are always a great choice as they'll well adapt to the local environment and require less water and fertilizer you know when it comes to your berry bushes and your fruit trees and that sort of thing all of your perennials um, you definitely want to make sure that they are well adapted to your environment they're definitely going to be a little different than your your annual vegetables that we grow now budgeting for your garden design is essential to ensure that you can create the space that you want that you can afford and that you can enjoy right so by starting small looking for deals and, and choosing low maintenance plants you can create a beautiful garden without breaking the bank now a few final thoughts on designing your first garden because um, it can definitely be fun and rewarding experience and has numerous benefits you know gardening has been shown to improve mental and physical health which I can speak from experience absolutely 100% has has been nothing but positive for myself and it definitely can create a sense of accomplishment there's there's really something to be said when you start with with a, a, a chunk of ground whether it's a you know a 10 foot by 10 foot spot or a hundred by a hundred um, 
sports quarter acre. You know, there, it, when you start with a blank slate and you start with a vision in mind and you put it on paper and you go out and you create it and then you produce a beautiful garden that you can feed yourself and your family and your friends and your community with, it's really hard to replicate. Um, and it's almost hard to explain without you doing it yourself. It's, um, I know for myself, it has definitely gave me a sense of fulfillment and really kind of changed the, the course. Um, you know, years ago, it really kind of changed the course and direction of where I took my life. For that all being said, it is very important to start small and to not overwhelm yourself with too much to handle all at once. Now remember, this is supposed to be an enjoyable process and learn from any mistakes. I make mistakes every year. <laughs> I have crop failure every year. I also grow a ton of food every year and have a lot of successes. So you want to learn from your mistakes, celebrate your successes regardless of how small they are, and really learn to enjoy the learning process when it comes to growing food, creating a garden, feeding people, because there's always new things to discover. Now with these tips and tricks, you should be well on your way to creating a beautiful and productive garden. Now, by following the basics of garden design, drawing out your garden plan, and incorporating a few tips and tricks here, you can design a beautiful and productive garden that will feed you for years to come. Don't forget to deal with those garden pests and diseases and maintain your garden year-round. And you guys are going to be well on your way to growing a heck of a lot of food and feeding a lot of people. Alright guys, now, when, when drawing out this garden plan, I want you to think, why did the gardener plant light bulbs? He wanted to grow a power plant. <laughs> Hopefully you have been inspired or entertained, learned something or laughed. I truly hope you're enjoying the podcast, and that, as always, I cannot thank you enough for tuning in and joining me every week. If you'd like to continue the conversation, we can chat over on Facebook at Simplistic Farms LLC, or you can send us a comment over there on YouTube at Simple and Easy Simplistic Farms. And of course, you can listen to the Growing Food and Feeding People podcast on all of the platforms including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts at, you can find us there. If you'd like to support the show or get involved in Project Feed Your Neighbor, there is a link down in the show notes, or you can find us over on patreon.com at patreon slash simplisticfarms. We hope you have a great week. Make somebody smile. We'll talk to you on the next one.